Welcome to MedHeads, the weekly show that brings a biopsychosocial focus to issues of the day, along with special guests who will showcase their expertise and enthusiasm about their field of practice. Your host, Dr. Fergal Armstrong. Hello everyone, my name is Dr. Fergal Armstrong and welcome to this episode of MedHeads and today we have Dr. Andrew Reese with us. Hello Andrew, who are you? Uh, hello, I'm very well, thank you Fergal. How are you going? I'm good, I'm good. So I thought we'd talk today about human need and how it applies to medicine. And, and, I, and you know, we've discussed how we're going to manage this show previously. So you're going to give us a bit of a vignette and then we'll talk the audience through that vignette. Okay, so let me take you back to a time when I worked for an Aboriginal mental, medical service. Mm. And uh, I, uh, as I walked out to the counter, I, I heard the receptionist talking to uh, a patient on the phone, trying to arrange uh, a booking for that uh, gentleman. And uh, what I hear her say is, so have you eaten today? And uh, did you have somewhere nice to sleep last night? Well, that's good. Okay, well, we'll send a car around to pick you up. And so a short while later, uh, the patient arrives and we start to have a conversation and the patient uh, discloses that uh, they've had a, a struggle with alcohol and uh, they would like some help. And so we move on to talking through the issues of how we could deal with that uh, particular situation. As we continue to discuss, it's quite obvious that there's a lot of trauma in the background. Uh, this man's been part of the stolen generation. Uh, he's mm. displaced from his culture and from his lands. He uh, has no understanding of his um, language, of his people's language, or, and has very little understanding of, uh, of the culture. And so he's really quite lost, quite uh, distressed at a great many things. And on top of that, uh, he's consuming a large amount of alcohol and it's really ruining his health. Right. So that's a very complex presentation, but it's not atypical for GPs, especially in more rural areas, to have to manage such complexity, especially in the context of substance use disorders and an alcohol use disorder. So let's look at this case from the point of view of unmet need. So that then, first of all, begs the question, what are human needs? And I think there are, you know, uh, Maslow and his hierarchy was the first to, to try and classify human, human need. Would you explain who Maslow was and what his classification was? Well, I don't know terribly much about Maslow's background as a person, but in the 1940s, he generated this hierarchy of needs, which has been used uh, in management studies. That's mm. where I first uh, became aware of it. And it works on this basis that you have to satisfy those very basic needs like uh, food and shelter before you mm. move on to the other ones like uh, uh, being able to work and then uh, at the very peak of this is this idea of self-actualization. Um, yes. So yeah. that that's, it was his understanding and I think it was a, a pretty good uh, model to start with. Mm. Uh, then uh, Max Neef, uh, that's the surname of the gentleman, um, came up with a set of initially nine um, basic human needs and since mm -hmm. then, a, a tenth one has been added. Right. So, 
I mean, when we think about Maslow and his his peak of human need is self-actualization. I've often wondered, what does that actually mean? Would you have any ideas? Well, I suppose it's, uh, is this the best me I can be, would be mm. maybe. Uh, 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 and, uh, that would be my view of what yeah. uh, is meant that's by self-actualization. Yeah, that's a good way of uh, defining it. Is this the best that I can be? And I think one of the other uh, the criticisms of Maslow is that Yes, he's, he's given us a, a list of human needs, but he's put them into a hierarchy. And, they, and I suppose he's tr trying to suggest that you don't move on to the next need until you've adequately dealt with the original need. Whereas mm. ne Max Neef seems to have created a kind of a smorgasbord of options for human need that can occur contemporaneously. And I mm. also feel that, that you know, Max Neef has kind of expanded our view on what self-actualization is because... You know, when you look at the needs as defined by Max Neef, they're not really predominantly, you know, the, the basics. They're not physical security, food, shelter. They're more about, you know, productivity, creativity, wisdom, status, which, which I suppose can all be looked at as elements of what self-actualization um, is as defined originally by, by Maslow. Uh, what would you say to that? Yeah, I, I think that's a, a pretty good uh, summation of um, of how it all sits together the, mm. the, these uh, human needs and um, everybody's got different requirements in different spaces but I mean if you could look at an example say for example somebody who engages in an act of heroism uh, in a time of war they're prepared to lay down their lives to achieve their higher aim uh, the best me that can be under those circumstances might actually lead to the sacrifice of their lives. But for them, that is satisfying their human needs. Uh, and they might put up with all sorts of pain and deprivation, uh, including the loss of their own physical life or loss of limb and so on, um, just to achieve what is so important to them. Right, right. So is there a way of conceptualizing what Max Neef's list of human needs is? Well, I, I know that some of my colleagues are very fond of mnemonics, and uh, I've, I've coined <laughs> <As am I. laughs> one. Uh, spewcrafts yeah. um, seems to fit. Uh, right. Medical mnemonics, I think, need to uh, cause a certain degree of uh, discomfort and possibly even a little bit of offence uh, in order to work well. Uh, so um, starting off with S, first S is sustenance, uh, food, clothing and so on, perhaps housing. Protection. A lot of these overlap, by the way. So protection, uh, sense of feeling safe in your environment. Engagement, that is uh, being able to engage with uh, meaningful tasks, things that are connected with outcomes that you value. Um, uh, wisdom, uh, uh, having some concept of uh, how things work in this world, uh, how to perhaps be... Uh, better at what you do. So that could include things like knowledge and skills, um, even some attributes, um, status, creativity. Uh, being creative is uh, very important to many people. Uh, and it's amazing what th things people do that are actually creative and they perhaps don't even think that they are. Uh, rest, uh, the ability to obtain a, a time of leisure, uh, and uh, just to pull back from things. Um, affection, 
not necessarily uh, physical love, but it could include the fact that one is accepted amongst a, a group of friends or engage in a fellowship or something like that. Um, freedom. Uh, freedom is very important. Uh, freedom has different uh, meanings to different people. Um, and uh, if we consider that sometimes people can be deprived of their physical freedom, but they still have freedom, for example, to choose, freedom to think, freedom to feel, and so on. So those kinds of things. Uh, and then the final one is one called transcendence. So I suppose transcendence is uh, this idea of getting past the natural boundaries of, uh, of human existence. Uh, it can include things like um, leaving a legacy, uh, teaching others, um, engaging in acts of altruism might uh, actually be in there as well, but it's um, uh, and that perhaps would then fit, say, with my example of the uh, of the soldier who engages yeah. in an act of heroism. Yeah. Um, so we've 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 kind of had a very brief rushed through the um, mm. the elements of need as defined by uh, Max Neef now. How does this apply to our patient who's uh, Aboriginal, the victim of transgenerational trauma, who's disconnected from his identity, his culture, his language, who seems to, by what you're saying, be disconnected from social services? One of the most vulnerable patients that we would encounter. How, how, that list of needs, how does that connect with this patient? Well... I suppose you've identified, in fact, to a great degree, what this patient's problem list is. Um, that uh, uh, he's got an alcohol use problem, mm. but uh, it's very likely that he went into that, that he started those behaviours simply to meet those unmet needs, feeling lost, feeling alone, perhaps knowing what his values are but feeling unable to achieve them, perhaps adrift and not knowing what his values are uh, because of a disconnection from culture, uh, because, for example, having been the subject of abuse, he may not know what is appropriate and what is valuable. He may not have actually known what it is to have true affection, um, for example. It, and really what it does come down to is... Um, entering into this. I mean, the receptionist has done a wonderful thing by just picking out a couple of really basic human needs. Yeah, you know, have the, you eaten? Have you slept? So oh. that, that to me is sustenance and then P for protection. Mm. You can't sleep if, you don't, if you're not protected. And you, you know, there's mm. need for sustenance. You can't engage in meaningful therapeutic dialogue if you're hungry and starving, can you? Or if well, you're exactly right. Yeah. Mm. yeah. And, and, you know, the patient needs to not be sitting there whilst uh, we're talking, thinking, well, where am I going to sleep tonight? And last yeah. night I, I got rolled and, you know, they've, mm. they've taken all of my gear and I've, uh, now I've got to go out and uh, find find money and food and those sorts of things. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I mean, it, it's really hard. It is. It is. When, when, I suppose this speaks to Maslow because there is a certain amount of a hierarchy here. You cannot engage, in, I'm using the word engagement, which of course is a Max Neef criterion, but you cannot engage in therapeutic healing if you're hungry and you're worried about where you're going to sleep tonight and where, where your next meal is coming from. Well, but, that can be the case, Yeah. but individuals can really surprise us. 
Um, and so making assumptions that they cannot achieve a thing simply because of difficult circumstances might mm. deny them an opportunity. I think the most important thing is to ask what's going on for them and find out how much it has an impact on them um, and work through it with them. Um, sometimes there will just be some practicalities that need to be achieved. Um, sometimes it's just a matter of, uh, you know, it may well be that uh, this patient says, oh, no, it's okay, I'm, I'm eating okay and, uh, you know, I've, I could, I've got a safe place to sleep and so on. Um, but uh, then we look at uh, other issues and it, it's up to the patient to help in that sense. Well, maybe that's a bit unfair to put it that way. If I don't ask, then the patient can't help me to understand. I'm not an expert in how they ought to live their lives. Um, I'm just going to engage in a conversation with them in which we'll explore some issues. We'll find out what it is that they bring to the table. And then from there, bearing in mind what their basic human needs are and, and being cognizant of them, you know, not asking them to um, do things that they, that they can't. You know, um, with our closing the gap uh, situation, it's so much easier for people like this gentleman to uh, get access to therapies. Uh, and that's wonderful. But if, for example... Um, uh, we're in a time of extremely bad weather and I say to the patient, well, all you need to do is just pop down to the sports shop and buy yourself a treadmill and you'll be able to go for a nice four or five K walk every day. Well, that's completely unrealistic for many people. Yeah. You know, they just don't have that level of disposable income and that level yeah. of physical prosperity. So you just got to work with the patient in their circumstances and work out what's relevant to them and also these have to be their solutions, not my solutions. So I, I'm listening to what you say, and I, and I hear your use of the word engagement as well. So both of us have used the word engagement in this discussion. Mm. And that, of course, is one of, the, of Max, Neef's, Max Neef's needs. But it also reminds me of the, the opposite of engage, engagement, which is disconnection. And then that... Mm. Um, reminds me of Johann Harry and his book, Lost Connections, where he identified disconnection as a cause of mental ill health. So, for instance, disconnection from one's tribe, one's peer group, um, mm. you know, is a primary cause of mental disorder. And, you know, in the, when we talk about this case vignette and we talk about the loss of cultural identity and the transgenerational trauma, that in and of itself is a cause of mental health disorder, psychic pain, if you will, as a result of which mm. we then have a gentleman who is using alcohol to treat his pain. Mm. Well, that's right. I mean, it's said by many, including you, uh, that there are no solo players in rehabilitation, that we need to have people... There's no lone rangers in rehab. No lone rangers, yep. Yeah. Uh, I didn't quote you accurately, but there you go. Uh, <laughs> yeah. but, but we know what we mean, yeah. that w we need to have a group to support yeah. any individual in any circumstance. Yeah. And, and I think good or bad, social isolation is not good. And, and it actually comes down to this idea of status. So when, we say, when I say status, um, here I'm talking about where do they fit 
uh, in, a, in a tribe, a mob, a family, um, an organisation, uh, where do they stand? Do they know where they stand? And that then gives them um, some confidence about what they're going to do. They know who they can reach out to. They know who's going to be good for them. They know who's not going to be good for them. And the idea of engagement as well, I'm actually thinking of uh, things like the whole idea of purposeful activity that's uh, in keeping with their professed values. So uh, I think uh, a, a former mnemonic that was used was the three Fs, three Ss, uh, the feet, fork, fingers, sleep, stress and social. And that's, that's a pretty good starting point, isn't it? Because we're getting the per person to engage in some physical activity and, and sort of become a bit more one with their body. They're having a healthier diet. Um, they're finding purposeful things to do. They're getting enough rest uh, and, and reduction of stress. And one of the things that, I mean, you spoke about psychic pain, but one of the things that is stressful to people is living a life not in keeping with their innate values. Yes. So, for example, this man, his innate values might be he would like to reconnect with, uh, with his mob. He would like to live on country. He would like to uh, obtain a cultural understanding and he would like to delve into the deeper matters of language. Now, that may not be true for everybody. I've certainly um, had uh, Aboriginal patients who have been very proud and have really benefited their own lives by going and learning their language and learning their culture in the context of their own language. And it's very special to them and they're rightly very proud of what they've achieved. So we've, we've barely scratched the surface, Andrew, of Max Neef's needs list and this case vignette, but unfortunately we've run out of time. So I would like to talk with you again on this subject and on this case. But for the meantime, thank you very much for your time today. Thank you. That's all for today's show. My name is Dr. Fergal Armstrong. You've been watching MedHeads. We'll see you soon.